Hello, welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 98. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. Hope your December is going swimmingly. Hope you got all your holiday shopping done. Hope you're gorging yourself on cookies and the beverage of your choice. You're listening to this episode uh, the week of December 10th. Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi drops into theaters on December 15th. I have already purchased my tickets for a December 16th showing. I am pretty excited about this. I really did like Force Awakens. Say what you want about it being a retread of Episode Four, A New Hope. Um, I think it hit all the right nostalgia buttons while still giving us a new story, new characters. Uh, I am eager to see what Episode 8 does. I don't want it to be a retread of Empire Strikes Back. Um, I want it to do its own thing. And I'm curious to see what that thing is. After you guys see the movie, if you want to send me your reviews, I would be curious to hear what you think of the movie. And I will, of course, let you know as well. I was listening to a podcast recently, and they were talking about the sociological study of generations. You have the greatest generation, so-called. You have millennials, Generation X... Uh, on and on. And they used a term in the podcast in talking about Generation X, which includes me, which is why I caught my attention, of course, because, um, you know, Generation X, among other things, is pretty narcissistic. Um, so, of course, I was curious. And they, they used a, a term, they, they used two terms, Atari Wave versus Nintendo Wave Generation X. And what, what it is, it refers to you know, because a generation is a range of years, and Atari X is the earlier wave. Uh, Atari, the Atari wave is the earlier wave of Generation X, because uh, those are the older Generation Xers, like me, who grew up with Atari. And then you have the younger crowd that is still within that range of years, still a Generation X kid, but they grew up with Nintendo. So they actually have it broken down by those two waves. I thought that was kind of a interesting way to do it. The... Uh, Theory was coined by these two guys, Strauss and Howe. William Strauss, Neil Howe, described uh, the Strauss-Howe generational theory describes a theorized recurring generation cycle in American history. This came out of a book they wrote in 1991 called Generations, not to be confused with the uh, somewhat later Star Trek film Generations. The book discusses the history of the United States as a series of generational biographies going back to 1584. Generation X is roughly those born between 1961 and 1981. The very name X, according to this Forbes.com article, has an identity-cloaking quality, reflecting the fact that many Xers feel little generational center of gravity. They are, first of all, the most immigrant generation per capita born in the 20th century. They are also the most unequal, meaning uh, spread out in terms of income and wealth. Xers learned young that they couldn't trust older people and institutions to look out for their best interests. They need to be resilient survivors who could trust their own instincts. While boomers have always focused on their inner lives, Gen Xers tend to focus on bottom-line outcomes. The first wave of Generation X born in the 1960s, the so-called Atari or Reagan Xers, started out at a tough time in the grim shadow of the Volcker Recession. By contrast, the last wave born in the 1970s, the so-called Nintendo or Clinton Xers, entered the workforce during the roaring 90s, giddy years of irrational exuberance, in which market valuations hit preposterous peaks. Okay, well I guess according to that, maybe I'm more of a Nintendo Xer. Although my 
uh, hard is with Atari. That's why I do an Atari podcast instead of a Nintendo podcast. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. Um, you can kind of see where you guys fall. If you're listening to an Atari podcast, I guess you probably skew slightly older. Although, I guess if you're comparable in, uh, in age to me, meaning you're in your 40s, maybe you're, maybe that kind of straddles a line between the Xers, between the Atari Xers and the Nintendo Xers. Because I had, kind of had a foot in both worlds. I grew up with both. Although, like I said, my heart is with Atari. So, hmm, good stuff. Interesting stuff. In other news, it's still December. It's still the holiday season. So I will do a bit of shameless self-promotion uh, once again. If you haven't already, and thanks to those of you who have. I've heard from some of you. You've already started checking it out, and I really appreciate that. Uh, as you know by now, some of you, I wrote a novel some time ago, which is a holiday-themed novel, which is why I bring it up in December. It's called In the Saint Nick of Time. It's a sort of Santa Claus story for adults about three men, uh, one of which is Santa Claus, uh, who are having a rough time during the holiday season. They end up kind of thrown together through happenstance and have to, you know, what else? Save Christmas. It's uh, a fun book to read, I think. I I had a fun time writing it anyway. There's uh, a lot of humor in it. I think the characters have a lot of heart. There is some drama to it. There's some gunplay. There's even some, oh, gasp, naughty words. Uh, so like I said, this this is a Santa Claus story, but it is really for adults. I hope you'll consider checking it out and leave a review wherever you happen to buy it so that other people can uh, benefit from your opinion and let me know, too, what you thought. So I appreciate that. In the St. Nick of Time, I'll throw a link in the show notes where you might be able to pick it up, but uh, pretty much you can order it anywhere that you get books. All right. Let's move on to this week's game. This week's game is... Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back, a great movie. Now a great video game. A movie which challenged your imagination. Now a video game where the challenge never ends. You saw Luke Skywalker battle the Imperial Walkers. Now bring the battle home. The Force was with Luke Skywalker. Will it be with you? Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back video game for your Atari and Sears video game systems from Potter Brothers. A one-step beat. Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back from Parker Brothers, 1982. I think maybe the copy of the manual that I have is incomplete. Uh, There's some stuff in here, but it feels like they left some stuff out. I'm not sure. The Empire's revenge has begun. Right now, an army of Imperial walkers is marching toward the Rebel's power generator on the ice planet Hoth. If they reach it, the entire Rebel base will blow sky high. To stop them, the Rebels must rely on their missile-firing snowspeeders. The snowspeeders may be tiny compared to the gigantic Imperial walkers, but they're quick and agile, and in the hands of a skillful commander they can destroy the mighty walkers. So climb into your snowspeeder and be prepared to meet the first of your deadly enemies. Object of the game, obviously. Destroy as many Imperial walkers as you can before they reach the power generator at the end of the battlefield, or before the Imperial walkers destroy your fleet of snowspeeders. I realize now, in the field report, I talked about how the game just sort of ends, And I realize now what probably happened is the walkers got to the power generator. But there's nothing on screen to tell you that. Uh, I guess that's what the little beacon noise that's for that I keep complaining about in the field report. Um, But there's nothing on screen to say that they actually got to the power generator. Nothing blows up. I guess there's kind of the suggestion of an explosion of some sort. But you don't see anything on screen that looks like a power generator or anything at all other than you and the walker just kind of stop moving. Um, so that confused me a little, because obviously I didn't pay enough attention to this part of the manual. 
position A and the difficulty switches gives you a smaller landing pad where you can land to repair your snow speeder, which is kind of a nice feature of the game. Position B, the landing pad is larger. In a one-player game, use the left difficulty switch. In a two-player game, the first player uses the left switch and the second player uses the right switch. Using the joysticks for this game, pretty, uh, pretty uh, intuitive. You can fly left, right, up or down. Snow speeder accelerates in all four directions. Slow down, simply change directions, press the red button, fire your missiles. That's all pretty, like I said, that's pretty intuitive. And that's where my manual ended. So I had to go to the internet to find out more stuff. Ew, the internet. Not to worry, once net neutrality goes down, we will be living in an era in the internet equivalent of pay toilets. Probably anyway, so... Um, if I have to pay to find stuff out, I probably just will live with a partial instruction manual at that point. Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back is a scrolling shooter video game written by Rex Bradford for the Atari 2600. Published, as I said, by Parker Brothers in 1982. It was the first licensed Star Wars video game. Uh, released in 83 for a television. The game ends when the player's fifth speeder is destroyed or when the lead walker reaches Echo Base, destroying it. As the game progresses, the walkers move more rapidly, increasing the difficulty level. You can destroy a walker by shooting it repeatedly in the head or torso. Leg shots are ineffective. As the walker is damaged, it changes colors, transitioning from black, undamaged, through various shades of gray, red, and orange, to yellow, which is critically damaged. The player can also destroy the walkers by shooting a small flashing spot that randomly appears during gameplay. On the Intellivision, the walkers require 30 hits to take down, compared to 48 hits on the Atari. And it takes a really long time to fire those 48 hits. The walkers shoot back at the player whose speeder also changes colors as it receives damage. The player can land a damaged speeder to repair it. On some levels, uh, the walkers are solid, meaning the player can crash into them, damaging them, and destroying the player. On other game levels, uh, there's a smart bomb, which periodically launches from the flashing port on a walker, and follows the player for a time. If the player is hit by the smart bomb, his speeder is destroyed. Occasionally, the player is granted the power of the force. When this happens, the speeder flashes colorfully and becomes invulnerable for a short time. I wasn't playing on that game level, so that didn't happen. I'm not sure I like that, because that means the force works on all of these rebels, and not all rebels are Jedis. I just maybe all Jedis are rebels, but not all rebels are Jedis. So you can't just willy-nilly be doling out the force to everybody. That just doesn't seem fair. Anyway, Star Wars The Empire uh, Strikes Back received mixed reviews. It was reviewed in Video Magazine shortly after its release. Reviewers praised the game's zingy graphics and noted that the audio-visual effects are absolutely first-rate. Overall, they characterized it as an entertaining, fast-paced contest that belongs in the cartridge libraries of most BCS owners. Rival publication Video Review Magazine ran a review of the game written by science fiction author Harlan Ellison. Ellison blasted the game as a shamelessly exploitive little toy. The latest con of the imbecile industry, and a time-wasting enterprise, with the potential to emerge as the most virulent electronic botulism of all. Wow. How do you really feel, Harlan? According to Ellison, the game has extremely simple-minded parameters, and it bored his ass off. However, the brunt of Ellison's criticism came from his dissatisfaction with the game's ending. Because the game's two end conditions are both failure conditions, either all of the player's units are destroyed, or the lead enemy reaches the player's base, Ellison suggested that the game should not be won, and is thus an analog for the myth of Sisyphus, providing one dreadful life lesson in those of a youthful intelligence who play it. You can only waste your life struggling and struggling. Wow. I bet Harlan Ellison was a ton of fun at parties. I had... 
I was reminded when I was playing this today, on the Nintendo 64, I had a game, still have it, I'm holding it right now, called Star Wars Shadows of the Empire, which I haven't played in a really long time. But there's a sequence in there where you're in a snowspeeder fighting Imperial Walkers. And I seem to remember you could shoot them, but there was also a thing where you could, and were expected, I don't even know if you could shoot them. Maybe you, this was the only way you could defeat them. We had to do kind of like they do in the movie, where you shoot out a cable from your speeder as you're flying and wrap it around the walker's legs and topple it over. And it was really hard to do. I spent a lot of hours trying to do it, and I never got very good at it. So I, I couldn't help but think how much more there was to that Star Wars game, because uh, there's a bunch of other things too. It's not strictly an Empire Strikes Back game. Uh, it's not an Empire Strikes Back game at all, um, but there's that sequence on Hoth. And there's a bunch of other sequences in different places, too. So, yeah, if anyone else has played Star Wars Shadows of the Empire, let me know what you thought of it. Not that it's relevant to what we're playing today, but it is a Star Wars game. Gamefacts.com suggests that you can unlock invincibility by, when you first begin playing, move your snowspeeder to the top of the screen, stay up there until the snowspeeder starts to flash, and the Star Wars music starts playing. When this happens, the snowspeeder will be invincible for about one minute. I didn't try that, but I think I will go back and do that here at some point. None other than StarWars.com weighed in on this game, calling it the best Star Wars... Uh, in an article called The Best Star Wars Games of the Atari Generation. I guess these aren't actually ranked. But for Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back, it says, The game was not a sweeping tour of the film's locales and battles. There's no Luke versus Vader fight. There's no asteroid field. You never see Cloud City. The review says, Eventually the player will get shot down uh, or an at-at will reach the Rebel base, something that keeps in line with the lore established by the films, but doesn't exactly make for a super rewarding game. So, this guy is kind of in the Harlan Ellison camp, I guess. Still, for many people of the Atari generation, this was their first, and as we know, that's the earlier range of the Generation Xers, uh, this was their first chance to digitally become Luke Skywalker and take it to the Empire. Alright, after the break, we find out if we're in the Harlan Ellison camp, and if we are, we're going to buy a uh, better-fitting tidy whities and see if that helps our mood any. Stay tuned for that, but maybe stay off of the Atari Bytes Instagram account for a few days. Fair warning. Alright, Rebels, we're going to hide out on the coldest, most remote, most inhospitable planet we can. Those stormtroopers, who we know all come from Florida and other warm weather climates, will never bother us here. Sir, we just got a report that the Death Star Walmart sold out of sweaters. Oh, they put on sweaters? Oh, man. Well, that's okay. Uh... They still don't have anything to drive down here. The uh, Death Star snowmobile shop went out of business years ago. Sir, what now? We've just got a report of giant metal walkie thingies outside, and there are stormtroopers in bad Christmas sweaters driving them. Well, crap. For an early 80s game, and the graphics are pretty blocky, but it looks pretty good. 
all things considered. I just got blown up by a walker while I was talking to you. If you didn't know that this was an Imperial walker and a snow speeder, I probably wouldn't. That probably wouldn't be your first guess. Eh, maybe it would. Maybe yeah, I guess maybe it would. But, you know, you can tell what things are well enough. Um, it's got a bit of a defender feel, the layout of the screen. Um, one problem, you know, with the layout of the screen, though, is, you know, you're, you're moving along, and you, you know, the screen's empty, you scroll over to the next screen, and the walk is, like, right there. So you're on top of it as you're firing a lot of times. It means you don't have a whole lot of time to get out of the way when they fire back at you, and they can fire out their rear end, and you can't. That seems unfair somehow. I do like the self-repair aspect of the game, although I forget to use it. satisfying when you do. So for there. Uh-oh. I don't know what that little beacon is warning me of. I wish it would quit, though. Pink sunset, that's kind of pretty. the end of the game. Did I run out of time or something? Alright. The Empire wins, I guess. I've just changed the course of history for the original trilogy. Take that, J.J. Abrams. See what you can do with that. Back to you in the studio. So here's the thing about Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. The game is fine. I mentioned Shadows of the Empire, where you get to do a little bit more strategizing. and You have a little bit more, a few more options. Well, one more option uh, to take down the walkers. You know, the thing with the cable wrapping around their legs. This one is just a shooter. It's kind of a boxy, awkward shooter in my opinion. Because things move really fast and you really don't have a way to get out of the way when you need to. So, and still be able to shoot anything. So, I don't know. It's not a perfect game by any means. It's okay. It's probably not one that I'll return to time and time again. As always, you guys are invited to agree or disagree with me. And uh, hit me up on social media or uh, email 
and let me know if you're a Harlan Ellison or if you uh, are, are you know, all goo-goo eyes over this game. And if you are, tell me why. So the gameplay is fine, but of course we have questions about what's going on in the game. How did those huge, clunky Imperial walkers, clearly not suited for rugged terrain, you know, rugged, icy terrain, end up on the ice planet Hoth? We suspect Darth Vader was distracted when he gave the order sending them. If this were a movie, we'd, you know, smash cut to the scene of Darth Vader standing at a mirror practicing, Luke, I am your father. No, that's not it. Luke, I am your father. No. Luke, I am your father. This is hard. See? So, he maybe wasn't thinking it through when he sent the, uh, at-ats to, uh, take down Hoth. However it happened, though, the rebels were besieged by the metal behemoths intent on carrying out their mission. But what drives them? N- not literally. That's the snow trooper's job, right? Snow trooper? You'd think that if the Empire had a whole division of stormtroopers dedicated to snowy environments, they'd have more suitable machinery. Just saying. At any rate, if the troopers that drive these walkers could talk, what would they tell us? Why would they do it? Why not transfer to a nice cushy job as a trash compactor technician inside a toasty warm Death Star? We think the answer to those questions would go something like this. When I wake up, well I know I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the walker who finally crushes you. When I go out, yeah I know I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the walker firing missiles after you. If I blow up, well I know I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the walker who gets blown up next to you. And if I'm tangled in a speeder cable, yeah, I know I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the walker tangled next to you. But I would walk 500 frozen miles, and I would walk 500 frozen more, just to be the walker who walks a thousand frozen miles to fall down on the rebel's door. When I'm working, yes, I know I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the walker to get the power generator off of you. And when the rebels... Come in for the work I do. I'll pass almost all the carnage on to you. When I go to home base, when I go to home base, well, I know I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the walker who goes to home base, then back to you. And if I grow old, when I grow old, well, I know I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the walker who grows old hating you. But I would walk 500 frozen miles, and I would walk 500 frozen more, just to be the walker who walks a thousand frozen miles to fall down on the rebel's door. Da 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 When I'm lonely, well I know I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the walker who's lonely but still crushing you. And when I'm dreaming, well I know I'm gonna dream. I'm gonna dream about the time when I blew up you. When I go out, when I go out, well I know I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the walker who gets tauntauns to eat you. And when I go to home base, go to home base, yes I know I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the walker who comes back to destroy you. I'm gonna be the walker who's getting revenge on you. But I would walk 500 frozen miles, and I would walk 500 frozen more, just to be the walker who walks a thousand miles, to fall down on the rebel's door. Da da da, da da da, da da da. Da 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 dun diddle un diddle un diddle a da 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 da
And I would walk 500 frozen miles, and I would walk 500 frozen more, just to be the walker who walked a thousand frozen miles to fall down on the rebel's door. That was I'm Gonna Imperial Be by the Empire Proclaimers. The next time you mock the shooting skills of the troopers, remember, they have the souls of poets. And that's our show. My thanks to Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. You can find Atari Bytes on many podcatchers, including all of the usual ones. Google Play Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and just remember, before an Imperial Walker crushes your phone, leave an iTunes review of the show. Then go back to the snowy hideout and tell the other rebels about us. You can also support the show financially at the Atari Bytes Patreon page, or by picking up Atari Bytes merchandise at Zazzle.com, capital A, capital B, underscore pod, underscore store. We have all sorts of tote bags and stickers and mugs and t-shirts and blankets and on and on and on and on. Our website is ataribytes.libson.com. You can email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the Atari Bytes Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at Atari Bytes, or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. And don't forget to check out my other show, It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown, for all your animated and non-animated Peanuts gang needs. Get your Snoopy fix with us. New episodes drop on the 15th of every month. Next time on Atari Bytes. Reactor. Yep, that's a thing we're going to do. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. Thank you.